I want to read this morning, if you want to turn in your Bibles and read along with me, uh, I want to mark this morning the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and also in the book of Jeremiah chapter 9. Again, if you want to turn in those two places, uh, and we're going to read in the start uh, another verse here in just a minute, but I want you to go ahead and mark, if you will, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, um, and in that, Paul is going to reference uh, the book of Jeremiah chapter 9. So you can go ahead and turn to those two places, uh, if you will. First Corinthians chapter 1, Jeremiah chapter 9. That's the two places we want to, uh, uh, to read here in just a moment and we're going to focus upon. But to get into those verses, uh, I want to read, if I can, in the book of John chapter 3. So again, you can mark First Corinthians chapter 1 and Jeremiah chapter 9. But in the New Testament, in John chapter 3, John the Baptist had been preaching about Jesus. And John the Baptist had no jealousy or envy about him. He wanted people to follow after Jesus. Not him, but Jesus. There was a fame of Jesus that began to increase, and you know what? That was okay by him. This morning, I want you to think about Less of you and more of God. Less of you and more of God. That's something that I believe that we should carry in not only around this country, but all around this world. Folks, we need less of us as human beings, and we need more of God. We have our opinions and our ideas and our labors and all these things about us, and God is on the decrease. We're going to talk about wisdom and knowledge and all the things that we know about. But here in John chapter 3, I want you to read the 29th and 30th verse. John the Baptist here says, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly. In other words, people are starting to come to know Jesus. He said, that's what we're all about. He says, because of the bridegroom's voice, this my joy thereof is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Over the course of time, there was more people that were going to follow after Jesus than after John the Baptist. Folks, we need less of John the Baptist as a human and more about Jesus that people are going to follow after. Truth is, this morning, people don't need to be followers of a certain sect or a culture or a certain person. We need to be followers of Jesus. That's where the name itself, Christian, comes from, meaning that we are Christ-like. What was the whole purpose of John's ministry? The whole purpose of John the Baptist's ministry was to encourage people to follow after Jesus. Less of them and more about Christ. John the Baptist proclaimed that. And you know what? That message still sounds true in 2022 that people need to be encouraged and proclaim that they need to do less of themselves and more of Jesus. And that's where we get into in that uh, latter part of that, or excuse me, that 30th verse, it says, He must increase, but I must decrease. John the Baptist knew that people could not or should not follow after him. But they need to follow after Jesus. 
You know, this morning it's it's a concern for me or it's alarming, I guess you would say, the people that jump on board with individuals or people or whatever it is, folks. We need less of people and we need more of God. Less of you and more of God is what we need in our life. For John the Baptist had a purpose and he had a reason for his ministry and his preaching. Well, so that people might follow after Jesus. That's our reason. That's our purpose. That's, that, that's why we're here this morning is that people might have less of themselves and more of God. If you mark the scripture there in the book of 1 Corinthians, I want to turn over for just a minute. 1 Corinthians, and I want to skip down to about the 18th verse, if I may, for just a minute. We're going to begin reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, in other words, some people don't put a lot of focus on it. He said, but for those of us that are saved, it is the power of God. You mean to tell me that Paul is going to talk about that a person is going to lose sight of their own wisdom and knowledge and their labors and they're going to rely on the power of God in their life? Folks, that's when I say that there needs to be less of you and more of God is. You cannot depend on yourselves. You must depend on the power of God. How much are you counting on yourself versus how much are you counting on God? Let's keep reading if we can here. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? He's going to destroy the wisdom of man. Now I want to pause right there. Not every country, I don't know, probably 90% of them, uh, have some kind of focus on education. And I've, I'm a believer in education. Let me go ahead and just lay that out there. I'm a believer in education. But if you'll notice what Paul is going to talk about here, he's absolutely going to destroy the idea that your wisdom will never find you favor with God and that you must rely on the power of God instead of your own carnal intellect. He said, you need God. But he said, where's the wife? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? He said, God's destroyed it. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. So again, you had more of the knowledge of people instead of the knowledge of God or what God knew. Now, we know that we don't know as much as God does. Some people think that they know as much as God does. But the truth is, folks, we do not know as much as God does because God's the only one that can see the future. And I have a hard time remembering the past. You may not struggle with that, but I do. God knows the past, the present, and the future. He's God. He's all of those. He says, has he not destroyed all the wisdom of man? For it says in the 21st verse of 1 Corinthians 1, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom of... Uh, for by the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now, Paul is going to present an idea here that's going to be kind of startling to some of the people that we're going to read about here is that they're going to have to depend on their faith and faith in Christ alone and not in their wisdom in order to inherit eternal life. He says, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. 
Now, when I say this morning, less of you and more of God, what are you searching after? A lot of people are looking, trying to, to live right and to do right and to learn more. And we're going to talk about some of these things in just a minute. There is a difference in being a historical Christian and knowing about God, historically speaking, and knowing God in a personal relationship. We're going to talk about some of that in a minute. But I want you to listen to this 23rd verse. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews of stumbling blocks and to the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God, I want you to listen to this real slowly. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. You may think that God doesn't know much or his he, things that may not be important to him or lacking by him. It's still greater than, than, than even the greatest that man can know. Let's keep reading here. The weakness of God is stronger than men. So man has never been able to be more superior to God. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, things which are not, to bring naught things that are. 29th verse I want you to listen to this morning. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and wisdom. That according as it is written. And here is where he's going to quote what we're going to read in Jeremiah in just in a minute. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Paul said his message, I believe that John the Baptist, his message. So the message I have for you this morning is, are we living our lives so that people can look at what we do or what Christ has done in us? Less of you, more of God. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved, what are you going to offer God? Try to do right, try to think right, or try to, to be good and do all these things. I want you to listen. Less of you and more of God. So let's think of it like this. If a person has never been saved, they need to come to the place that the more that they can realize, the less they have to give to God, the more that God can give them. And boy, does that sound totally confusing. But the thing is, is that you realize is that what you have, God already has. He doesn't need those things. It's what God can give you, not what you can give God. Maybe that's the way it should be worded this morning. And Paul here, he says, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You know, I believe that Paul here in the last part of this verses that we're reading about here, he's talking about that the glory and the things that we do are those things that belong to God. Now here we're going to read in this uh, 1 Corinthians 31. Uh, he says, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. The very first thing I want you to notice what Paul is talking about in that 31st verse here, that according as it is, is written. 
I'm going to ask you something this morning. This is a personal question. How important is God's word to you? I'm not asking you, do you have it? I'm asking you, do you believe that you have to abide by it? Folks, today God's word, and Paul said, it's very simple in your life. He said, if you live your life, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Because he said, it is all done. As he said in that 31st verse, he says, according as it is written. This morning, do you believe in the written word of God? I'll tell you what I believe. I believe that the word of God is inspired by the presence and the power of God. I don't believe that any author of the scripture just sat down and said, I'm going to write down what I believe in my theories. They were all inspired by God to write these things. And they were written for our learning. This is not old English that we can go back to and say, well, this was in a time's past. Folks, today, God's Word, all 66 books, they fit in the current time we live in. Now, granted, I understand things are a little bit different. What I'm saying is the Old Testament began to prophesy and to foreshadow the coming of Jesus. And you know what? They foreshadowed the New Testament time that you and I are living in right now. These scriptures were written for us. And notice what he said, according as it is written. I think about on the day of Pentecost there in the book of Acts, I believe it was, it talks about how that they searched the scriptures daily. You see, the scriptures were not something that they just would open up and read on a Sunday morning. Or matter of fact, it wasn't just that they wanted the preacher that stand up on Sunday morning for an hour or so or 30 minutes, whatever, and preach them to them. They would open the scriptures every single day. Now, you want to you know a, a shortcoming that I have? It's opening up God's word every single day of our lives and saying, God, what about your word here? And notice what Paul says, that according as it is written. If you want to have a firm footing in your life, stand on the word of God. If you want something that's not going to move, you stand on the promises of God. When I say less of you and more of God, you take all these theologies and all these ideas that you may have. And I'll even say all these things that that, that maybe you've ever been taught. If we will lay those things aside and say, God, what about you? As the word said, as it is Written. I will go as far as to say this. If you will base your life, if you live your life, if you do the things in a way that the Word of God tells us to do, you cannot go wrong. And I believe in that. This morning, you cannot go wrong if you listen to God's Word and you apply your life to God's Word. And that's why He said, According as it is written, He that glories, let him glory in the Lord. You know, a lot of people want to glory in all their achievements and all the things that they've ever done. I'll tell you just a personal thing, and this is personal for me just a minute. I worry about all the people in this life that we take and we elevate because of what they have done. I love sports, don't get me wrong. But you know what? We sometimes will take even somebody and the accolades and the accomplishments they've had and we pay them and we patronize them and we, we idolize them almost as if their accomplishments that they have in, a, in, a, in, in these sporting events are greater than the things of God. And, and my concern is, is that what do we value here in this life? What's important to you? What's important to me? 
Who is important to you and who's important to me? When I say less of us or less of you or less of me and more of God, that means, folks, today the works of God need to be rising to the top of what we see. We see what everybody else accomplishes. You ever seen a resume or an application that says, what has God done for you in your life? Matter of fact, it usually tells you the things that you've accomplished in your life. Truth is, is that God can use us to accomplish things in our life. All of our wisdom and knowledge and all these things come from God. And, and, and that's what Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians. He said, just like John the Baptist did, he said, we need to realize it's about less of us and it's about more of God. Do we want more of God in our lives? Jeremiah chapter 9, I want to turn back for just a minute. There are people today that know God, but do not know God. Let's read the 23rd verse. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, and what he knows and what he can do. Neither let mighty man glory in his might. So again, Jeremiah 9 and 23 says we can't do it about our own things that they know. He said, let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this. What is this? That he understandeth and knoweth me. Is it, how many people this morning can say that you know God? I'm going to raise my hand this morning. I'm going to say I know God and I do that. He says, if you're going to boast, don't boast how smart you are. Don't boast about how much riches you have. He says, boast in the fact that you know me. Listen to what he says. But let him that glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. How many people have something or someone that they worship that they have never met? Do you know that there are people today that will worship a statue... They've talked to the statue, but the statue's never talked to them. At least I'll say this, if I'm ever around something wooden or iron and it starts talking, I'm not going to be very nearby. I'm going to be out of there. I don't want to talk to wood because wood's not going to talk back. But folks, I'll tell you something I do believe in. I believe in a God that we can talk to, and I believe in a God that talks to us. I believe that God talks to us through His Spirit. I believe God talks to us through His Word. And we see here, he says, people that know me. There is a difference in knowing about God and knowing God. That's the wisdom of man that Paul was saying. He said, you know what? John the Baptist said, I've got to decrease and God's going to increase. He said, my wisdom needs to be on the down low and his needs to be on the uprising. There is a difference in knowing about God and knowing God. I can tell you a lot of facts about Abraham Lincoln. I never have talked to Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln never talked to me. Knowing about someone is not the same thing as knowing someone. There's a lot of very intelligent people that know about the Scripture, but they don't know the one that the Scriptures are about. This morning, do you have that personal relationship? Uh, you see, there, there's a difference in these people that have, I guess what you would call academic Christians versus the, a true Christian relationship. Notice what he's saying here. He says, uh, he says that... He might understand and knoweth me. I want to ask you a question this morning. Is God affected by how much we know about Him? No. 
Are we affected by how much we know about God? Absolutely true. You know, there are some people in life, let's just lay this out there. If you come across some people in life, you're like, I don't want to know anything else about them. I don't want to be around them. Anything else like that. There's some people in life, you just when they talk, you just want to know more. It's not because of their tone. It's because they have something that applies to you. You want to know more. You want to know more. You want to know more. You see, Jesus is not just an acquaintance that, that we just pass by saying, yeah, I met him that night. Hadn't talked to him since, folks. He is a relationship. He is a person that we want to know more and more and more. I thank God that I can read his word and I learn more about the Lord. You know what's amazing? I can read a scripture for the, for the, for the 100th time. And you know what? I get something out of it the 100th time as I did the first time because we learn more and more and more about him. Why? Because it says we know him. Remember what Paul said in the book of Philippians chapter 3. Notice what he said in verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship. You know what the fellowship means, don't you? That means uh, that, that you're a partner with, he said, of his sufferings. You know, we think a relationship with Jesus is about us giving him all the bad stuff and the hard stuff. He said, no, we're in fellowship with him. Paul said that, Philippians 3 and 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed unto his death. You know, sometimes as saved people, we feel like that we are the victims instead of the victors. Sometimes we feel like that we have fallen in defeat, but he says that we've got to decrease so that, so that he might be able to increase. And that's what Jeremiah is talking about here in this 23rd and the 23rd and the 24th verse. It says how that we come to the place of knowing him. Can you worship someone that you do not know? Okay. Do we feel like that we can truly let out, I guess you would say, something that we do or someone that we do not know about? Know what he says here. Let us, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his wisdom, but let him that regloryeth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Now, what does it mean to glory and to worship the Lord? That means to let things out. Let me ask you this. Did God put something good in your heart if you've been saved? If God put something in your heart, why are we so silent about letting it out? Why is it hard for us to let out the things that God has given? Because we have more about us and we need less of us. We, need, we have less of God, but we need more of God. And that's why, why John the Baptist said we've got to decrease so we can increase we got to have less of us and more of God. And you see this morning, he, he's talking about that if we're going to worship Him, we've got to let these things out and we've got to let Him have His way with us and what He would have us to do. For in John in the 17th chapter and 3rd verse said this, And this is life eternal, that they may know thee the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Do you believe this morning that God is in control? Amen. Let me ask you this. Do you think God can change your mindset about things? I think about Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar down in the book of Daniel chapter 4. He talked about it basically in this dream, in this vision that Daniel was going to be out, or excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar was going to be out basically grazing as, as the animals were. Uh, and all of a sudden, if you remember what he said in the book of Daniel 
chapter 4. And notice what he said in the 34th verse here. And at the end of the day, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. Who's in charge and how long they're in charge for? His kingdom is from generation to generation. It's not going away, folks. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will the army of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What dost thou? You see, this morning, Nebuchadnezzar come to understand that he wasn't in charge, that God was. I'm going to say that to you one more time. Nebuchadnezzar got to the point that he realized even as a leader, he was not in charge, God was. Today, February 2022, would you agree with me if I say this? That even though we have leaders and even though we have people that are elected, they are still not in charge, God is. We put a great deal of concern, and I will jump on board and probably have a great deal of concern with the things that, that happen all around us. But I'll say this, folks. I still believe God is alive and well. I believe that God is still sitting on the throne right now. I believe God is in charge. Not a single leader of our country or our world leader or our local leaders made that sun to rise this morning. Not a single one of them is making that sun make its way through the sky only to set in just a little while in that eastern sky. Only God is able to do those things. God is in control. When we say that we need less of you and more of God, less of people and more of God, that we would start to decrease so that God might get to the point that He would increase. For we see here that again, that, 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 that we talk about that in John 17 and 3, he says that this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Paul, excuse me, Jeremiah, very plainly, and Paul quotes him in 1 Corinthians. He said, you know, we got to get to where people start doing less of themselves and more about the things of God. He said, that's why he tells us there, he says, uh, in that uh, 24th verse, he says, uh, he says, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. It's not yours to give, he said, but it's mine. He said, I'm the one that's going to do these things. And he says, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. This morning, what do you have to give to God? What do you have this morning that you can glory in? My prayer this morning is this. That all of our wisdom and knowledge and all of our forefront of things that we put out there. Folks, may those things start finding a, a lower resting place. And the things of God rise up that people would not see me. That people would not see you. But that people would see Jesus. For I'll tell you this. Nobody's life is going to be worse having seen Jesus. John the Baptist Going back to John chapter 3, and I'm going to close in just a minute. In John chapter 3, John the Baptist got to the place where he wanted those people to lose sight of him and to see more of Jesus. I'm going to go back and read now the 28th verse of John chapter 3. 
For he says, You yourselves bear we witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. Paul said, I want there to be no confusion in me versus Christ. Now, there was a kinship there. There were some similarities. But he wanted them to understand, no matter how mighty and magic, uh, magical, and I guess you would say the works of the ministry that John the Baptist had, he said, I'm not the Christ. He said, I'm going to bow down. He said, I want you to realize that it's all about him. You see, there's a lot of scriptural understanding where it talks about how that we, his majesty, and how that we should worship him. Worship is not just that we honor him with the bowing of our knee. It's the praising of our tongues. But you know what? Today, we, if, if it's almost like we can bow down easier than we can say the things that God would have us to say. Is there anything you need to say this morning? Maybe that's the question that needs to be asked. Is there anything you need to say for the Lord? This morning, my prayer is, is that there will be less of you and more of God. I'm going to hush with this. People are not quiet about themselves or what they need or what we do in our life. But how often do we hear about what God's done in their life? Well, my children have done this or I've done that or I've done... What has God done for you in your life? I want us to get a song if we could this morning. Less of you, more of God.